0: everybody get ready for foodie and the beast with david nikki nellis of foodie born and bred my wife nikki loves chatting up chefs dining out and insider industry buzz
1: and my husband david thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger a frosty brew and a chef for under twenty dollars because he is cheap
0: well maybe so but foodie married beast anyway and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking
1: It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this beautiful, you know, it's such a gorgeous day here at the end of September. I think that, that, uh, what was it, a Chinese plot of climate change is just, it's working. Mm Mm-hmm. So everybody on the show is taking a knee today, Mr. President. We just want you to know.
1: Right, a virtual knee. A
0: virtual knee, and we're going to roll into the show. We got a guy with us. I love having him on. A.J. Dronkers is one of the founders of Edible DC. They launched I feel like about- we
1: should be like, A.J.
0: A.J. <laughs> give me an A. Give me a J. Um, and- uh, uh, I mean, everybody, Edible DC is almost literally an edible publication. I'm holding the, the latest issue and it's just beautiful. Beautiful. But beautiful, these guys beautiful. had, I, he and his co founder, uh, Susan Abel, had talked mm-hmm. about doing a an, an awards program really for years and now they've launched it. We're going to hear all about that and find out who the nominees are and who some of the special judges are, Nikki.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm a special judge. Yes, all right. I'm a special judge. Um, So we'll get to that later in the show. But also coming up is PhotoWorks Gallery. So they are in Glen Echo, and they are presenting a new exhibit called foodies. That's how they got on the show. (laughs) You guys will do anything to get on this show. (laughs) Uh, The exhibit goes through October 22nd and we have in with us Renee Comet, who is uh, the photographer and Sarah Gordon, who is with PhotoWorks. We're going to talk to them about the gallery, the kind of works they do, and of course the fabulous artwork that Renee is doing.
0: Now I hope everybody's sitting down because you're not going to believe this. Dawson's Market. Has been around for five years. Unbelievable. So Bart Gablonski, who's got the best last name of any guest on this show ever. I love it. You should be like like an actor in one of those cop things on TV. (laughs) Bart's in with us. He's going to talk about their uh, five-year anniversary celebration and a really cool uh, uh, Oktoberfest promotion that's coming up. You want to oh, talk sorry, about
1: yes. Sorry, I'm trying to see if we're getting Mitch on the phone. Stop drinking. So, um, Mezcal cocktails. Mezcal tequila. What's the difference? If you don't know, you're going to find out later on in the show. Torrance Swain is with us. He is the Mid-Atlantic brand manager for Mezcal El Silencio. And he's going to well be making said. some delicious cocktails. And he brought in some beautiful bottles. And uh, we're going to get an education yeah, in just a I bit.
0: Normally, we have uh, Mitch Berliner from Central Farm Market. We're going to on. get to him in We a lost sec. him. And we're going to get to him as a, so let's go to Torrance. Torrance, first of all, why don't you talk a little bit about you and how you got into Mezcal as long as it, you know, as long as it wasn't an elementary school. No, it wasn't okay. elementary school. Good. Um,
2: it was uh, during a blackout. No. <laughs> it was, uh, ironically enough, I was at Tales of the Cocktail at, at the Carousel Bar, and uh, I had previously met the National Brand Ambassador for Mezcal El Silencio. And mm-hmm. You he know, said, he a, said, you want to be our guy? I was the guy. I know a guy in D.C. That's what he said. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so tell us about mezcal. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand the difference between mezcal and tequila. Tell us tell us about what mezcal is and how it differs from tequila.
2: So mezcal actually predates tequila historically. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the main difference is that the piñas or the agave piñas are smoked okay. instead of just Mm-hmm. So if I could relate it to something, food, I would say <laughs> it's the difference between maybe baking a turkey and smoking a turkey. I think I smoked one of those in college.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh, so, it just, so it's all about how the process is done.
2: Right. Well, there there is another difference in that tequila has to be made in order to be. So tequila is one of the most highly regulated spirits in the world. Hmm. So it can only be made with Blue Weber agave. 100%, okay. it can't have any other agave strains in it. Mm-hmm. Mezcal, however, can be made from over 35 different varieties. So that is a, another difference. So the first difference is that the piñas are smoked. Okay. And the second difference is that it can be made from many different agave varieties. Tequila only can be made from one.
1: So does that, So the different varieties, so the, does that supply a different complexity to the different mezcals Absolutely. that are out there?
2: It, it performs just like... What a wine would mm-hmm. the different varietal, the terroir, mm-hmm. everything that goes into the the method of bringing that spirit to life mm-hmm. is all they all play a part in how a mezcal is going to taste.
1: Okay, and so let's just quickly uh, talk about Silencio Mezcal. So you brought in several kinds.
2: Well, I brought in two.
1: Two. Okay. Yes. Um, the bot the packaging is beautiful.
2: Thank you. Very um, much.
1: so what are the two different ones?
2: The two different ones. So the first one is an ensemble that mm-hmm. was our first expression that we put in the marketplace mm-hmm. about three and a half years ago. Uh, and all Ensemble means is that it's a blend. Mm-hmm. It's three different agaves. It's an ensemble. There okay. you go. Um, so it's Espadine, mm-hmm. Tobasiche, and Mex- Mexicano. And what that does is it provides like a, a larger palette of flavor mm-hmm. um, than just one, one agave.
1: Okay. We're going to take a quick... Segue we'll from you, I'm going to one. hit AJ, but why don't you tell us quickly what you're going to be making first.
2: Uh, the first one, I'm just going to, for all my at-home bartenders out there, i uh-huh. will be making a Mezcal Mule.
1: Okay, excellent. And for those of you who are listening out there and you want to watch and see what's going on, uh, go to Nikki Nellis on Facebook and you can see us all on Facebook Live. And
0: for those of you that are at home trying to follow along, you have problems making a Mezcal cocktail this early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I just want to say that. So AJ, let's talk about Edible DC. This yes. is a Stunning magazine. Thank you. What What was the impetus
3: for this in the first place? You and Susan were sitting around drinking mezcal, and yeah, so Susan and I had <laughs> met in a previous career, and both had a passion for food. And she sort of had stumbled upon there's a hundred of them across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a network of hyper local food publications. And she had the idea, and she came to me and said, "Do you want to get in on this?" And I said, "Absolutely." And so that was three years ago, this summer.
1: Wow. So, but what was it that she wanted to cover? Like, what was it that you felt was missing? From local coverage, really, especially in print form, that you guys wanted to compile into a single publication.
3: Right. So obviously, given the blowing up of our food scene, there was a lot of opportunity to kind of enter the market. But also, you know, like, what were we doing differently? And so Mm -hmm. for us, we wanted to focus on the sustainability farmer stories. We cover actually food policy. So in this fall issue, you can read about DC's food programs to curb uh, composting and food waste in mm-hmm. the city and what we're doing compared to other cities in the country. A lot of farmer stories and really shedding light on the great work of farmers, um, local farmers markets, local chefs to source local and work with our, our local community.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that, so like with the farmers and the farmers markets, because, you know, DC now has such a thriving and Absolutely. healthy farmers market scene and it's you know, it works so well with local government, you know, mm-hmm. by being able to do like the, you know, the double the, the food stamp program, the food stamp yeah. program right? So Absolutely. there's there's such commitment, not just from the farmers markets, but also from the city. How do you work with them to feature the kinds of programs that they're doing and and feature like some of the great work that these farmers are doing.
3: Right. Well, what's great is that a couple of them are in huge coalitions. So you have Fresh Farm, which r- manages over 15 farmers markets now. Mm-hmm. You have Central Farm Market. You know, Mitch, is going to be on a little bit later, running yes. a great, lot of great local farmers markets. So those coalitions work really closely with us to share their stories, but then also getting to know the farmers on an individual level, mm-hmm. showing up to the farmers market, hearing their story, and getting inspired. So we actually have a really great story in this issue called Food Forested Revolution about a local ar- architecture farmer who is and changing the way he farms by foresting or farming. Wait, under wait, f- wait, wait. Yes.
1: He's an architectural... No. Farmer? farmer?
3: Yes, he has background in both of those areas. Oh, okay. he's, starting he's an architect farms. and a farmer.
1: He's an architect and a farmer. Yeah. And he's That's starting like...
3: farms oh, under you know. trees and forests. So instead of clearing a crop and doing it the traditional way, he's trying to integrate his farming method into the natural landscape. Mm-hmm. And he's working with Chef Michael Costa from Zetania um, and a lot of other area chefs. So That's we will kind smart. of find really cool, unique stories like that, and we want to share them with our readers. Well,
1: and I think there's a real audience Absolutely. for that. Now, let's just jump into the awards a little bit because... I know what you guys went through to put this together, but yes. and we have a lot of time here. So let's talk about the impetus for the awards. What made you guys decide that this was something, you, you know, like a field that you wanted to jump right. into? Since
3: three years ago when we launched the magazine, we knew we wanted to get into awards right away. Right. but Obviously, there's a lot, a lot of people doing best of in the city, right? You have best bar, best restaurant. There's a lot of lists.
1: There's a lot of lists. A lot
3: of lists, right? Yes. And so a best food radio show. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, AJ. That could be a new category next <laughs> yeah, right. year. Right. Um, yeah, she can still be the judge. Yeah. I like it. So as we matured and grew as a, you know, a publication in our community and our readers and our social followers, mm-hmm. we wanted to do it differently. That's kind of uh, an inspiration for us. What everyone else is doing, go the opposite direction. Sure. So we finally centered in on fifteen original categories that no one else was doing. So mm-hmm. we have best chef garden, best home cook garden. Garden, best chef farmer collaboration, best use of surplus food, um, best local farmers market. So just things that people weren't focused on. We well, felt and didn't like you also could. have
1: like best school garden? Absolutely. I mean, you really went out. I found because you know, as a judge, I mean, you supplied us with like a hundred and forty-two page deck of nominations <laughs> that we had to read through. Yes. Um, but I thought it was. Thank
0: you for not picking me as a judge. <laughs> You're by the welcome. Way.
1: I think every judge no, collectively. I was, too, I was, was pissed like, until um,
0: just now. And right.
1: I, <laughs> we we're like, that's a lot of research. But right. the people who really took the time to enter in their nominations and really explain who they are and what they're doing and why they should be awarded was really interesting because Absolutely. there are some phenomenal Programs out there.
3: Absolutely. So we were overwhelmed by the amount of nominations we got for our first year. Mm-hmm. And then we had to clean that up and package it well for the judges to do, a, you know, review it for a criteria based information mm-hmm. and program. So but we were on like school garden, for example, not only are there school gardens that the kids can interact with, but they're integrating it into the curriculum. So like the math classes are using the data from like rain barrel collection to help the kids learn about math. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of integrating it across the school. And we were really impressed with a lot of the nominations across the board.
1: And so we so how did you call the process from all that came in? To what we then nominated right. how did what was the process so
3: what we did is we reviewed all the nominations came in we we kind of took out the ones that were incomplete mm-hmm. um and then we cleaned it up and packaged it in a one like one slide per nominee for the judges to review we had an amazing group of judges such as you nikki mm-hmm. and then we had mary che council member we had um jay umis capital area wine school right we had lane sadowski from the uh, dc food policy council mm-hmm. um, we had farmers gardeners you name it we had people that represented a diverse criteria so that we could have a fair judging process to review and announce our top three finalists
1: right which was very exciting so now have the finalists have not been announced yes
3: they have been. they announced. were that was last week yes so if you go to edibledc.com slash awards you can see and read about all the top three finalists every category and we're actually allowing the public to vote so mm-hmm. you can log online and vote for your favorite in each category
1: and so um, and what's the information like that you provide for people?
3: So what we did is we took the nomination data, added a little bit of extra, but just like snippets, like a little paragraph and photog- a lot of photography okay. um, uh, on each of the candidates.
1: And then how does when does the winner get anointed? When does October that happen?
3: October 16th at District right. Winery. We're going to mm-hmm. have this blowout event. It's the new urban winery that just opened. It's the
1: new hot
3: place. event space. On the water in right. the yards. It's sick. So come join. $45, all-inclusive, top area chefs. Uh, wineries, breweries, distilleries, all there, and we're going to announce the the winner of each category.
1: That's amazing. That's going to be so much fun. What are you most excited about?
3: I'm excited for the public to interact with these stories, because I think we're giving an opportunity to shed light on things that normally get, you know, no attention. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really important for us to share these stories with our readers and followers in the community. Well, is
1: there one, as you and Susan sat around and came up with the different categories, was there one topic that you were like, no, 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 this one has to be in there? Like, I need these stories to get out.
3: The Chef Farmer collaboration one Mm -hmm. is close to our heart. It's something that we like to work about. So you have Chef Kyle Bailey, you have Chef but uh, kyle's
1: but, wasn't about far wait oh no kyle was about farming because yeah. he also has a seafood one yeah too. so we talked
3: about both the seafood program and his right. one with uh local hog purveyor right um, and then we have um rob whelan from garrison uh-huh. um nominated and then we also have keith cabot from evening star evening star um so we have just like a lot of different categories and those stories are really rich and they're helping make meaningful impact on these local farmers that are mm-hmm. growing how do people get tickets to this you can go to edibledc.com to find all the information
1: Okay, cool. you want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and finish up with him?
3: Yeah, we've got Mitch on and the Mitch phone. On the we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We No, oh, Andy we says not. we're
1: going to take Mitch, and then we'll c- take a break. Okay. Okay, Thank we'll do that. But there, we'll back you're there,
0: Mitch. Day. What happened to oh. you? Where'd you go?
4: Hi, Mitch. Um, I didn't I didn't hear the phone ring. I apologize. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> That's okay. I back, and I was like on, I had to tie three different phone numbers, and I was <clears throat> on hold, and the phone kept ringing, but I'm here now. How Hi. are you, Mitch?
0: So it's a beautiful day. What's going on out there at the farmer's markets?
4: it's just like you said it's a beautiful day we have like 65 farmers and artisan food producers we still have peaches corn eight ten types of heirloom tomatoes we still have cantaloupes it's just a great day live music um all kinds of interesting things as always pickles lots of food to eat here to take home
1: well, what's some of the big foods now that are, that you're serving up at the market that people can sort of, you know, aside from the fabulous produce that they can pick up, what's some of the, like, new dishes that people can sort of pick up to take home tonight for dinner?
4: Well, I mean, one of my favorites, of course, is our Korean barbecue. People take home our wood-burning pizza, which uh, changes um, with the season. So um, our Pizza King, Josh, you know, roast some local vegetables and then put local greens from our uh, lettuce specialist, Robert, who you know from Young Harvest, is just out of this world. They can also so, go by Meat local.
0: Crafters, too. That's there, right?
4: They got Meat Crafters here. I know that you've invited me onto your show. I appreciate that in November. So we're going to bring all kinds of sausages, salamis, duck breast prosciutto. That's why we invited you. <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't around. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: all right. I'm going to be taking your place. So, anyway, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Sorry about the the confusion. All right, let's make sure
0: everybody knows where the markets are. Come
4: on. We have three markets. You can find them if you go to centralfarmmarkets.com. We're in Fairfax and Bethesda at the Mosaic District and downtown Bethesda and the uh, Bethesda Elementary School parking lot every Sunday and Pike and Rose every Saturday. All right. So sure down and see us. All right.
0: All right thanks, thank Mitch. Thank you,
1: Mitch. Thank you so thank much. You.
0: Uh, so now let's take a break. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to A.J. Dronkers of uh, Edible D.C. Magazine, but we're also sipping Moscow mules made with El Silencio.
1: Isn't everybody enjoying their Moscow mules? What did I just say? Yes. You said Moscow. Mezcal.
0: Mezcal. Did I say Moscow? Yes. Well, that already, Russia thing I've, is really guess, on his mind. No, I guess. I, I guess uh, that Russia thing's a hoax, man. Come on. Come on. Mezcal mules. I don't know. I've got a peach and spediment. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, all right, let's, so let's get AJ. Let's talk about the issue because it, one thing I, I just want to compliment you on a little known fact is, I actually happen to be in the marketing business. The, the fact that you print on a matte stock makes the magazine different already I know absolutely and, and the photography organic, comes off yeah. so beautifully and mm-hmm. it's just it's a trip but you want to talk about the new uh, wine gu- it's a wine map I don't know what that is
3: yeah we have a whole so in our fall issue that's out right now um, and on our website you can see we have a custom all local wine guide that celebrates pull out over. Yeah, you can actually tear it out. So if you don't want to take the whole magazine with you, we've got two maps in it and we have four different guides based on the type of celebration you might be looking to go for. So if you're going for a birthday, if you're going for a wellness trip, if you're going for a romantic getaway or you want to visit some of our sustainable wineries, we've got custom guides for all of those. Mm -hmm. And we have two custom maps that highlight a variety of wineries and stops in both Northern Virginia and Central Virginia.
1: It's such a great idea because I think, especially this time of year, people really want to go out take you know a day and go visit and it's it's not like Napa where you just go on a road and there's a winery here there's a winery here there's a winery here there's a winery right. here like you really have to map it out and figure out where you want to go and there's also a real variety of yes. uh, quality yes. of Virginia wineries that right. are right and so available. And you know one
3: of my my heart's was after. I've been on a lot of trips out to Virginia wine country, and sometimes when a group, a big group plans it, you go to the closest one, and it's not always the best one. And you right. also and, go to the biggest, most commercial one, too. right? And right. so, so people have these bad experiences with local wine, but the wine is so great, and There's so we a lot wanted to help wine. guide people to the right places to go that are winning awards, that are doing great.
0: Well, work. Well, that's what we want to put Muse on there because yes. Muse okay. won the Governor's Cup in 2015, and. <laughs>
3: They got to get on that map. Yeah, we're yeah. learning more about them.
1: But, um, but so did you? So tell us about the map. Did you do it by regions? How did you do it? So
3: we did two different maps. So we have a Northern Virginia map, and then we have a Central Virginia map. That was okay. our focus this year. Um, we also wrote about Maryland wines in the editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, but for well, example, it's just
1: not as much yet.
3: Right. I mean, um, so there's about two hundred seventy-five wineries in Virginia. There's about fifty to seventy-five in Maryland. So it's about three hundred fifty across the board. and Maryland's continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like for example, we have a whole section on wellness and wine. So if you want a little bit of a guilt trip. For example, I went on a four-mile hike yesterday in near Clifton, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then it ends at Paradise Springs Winery. So you can go on a four-mile oh hike, God. and then I would, like, yeah, wine. but then when it ends and you drink the wine, then how do you get back? <laughs> you you crawl? Yeah, is it you a four exactly, crawl exactly okay. no
1: so did you walk back
3: no we um yeah, no course, you're actually no. the parking lot is right there it's a loop and oh. you do the loop right there at the winery oh my god i love that perfect and then we also stopped at tremors on maine for lunch so it's just win-win we across the board so we wrote we found cool unique plate opportunities to engage with wine country outside of just driving out there and Fantastic. having having some wine
1: all right well tell everybody how they can get tickets to your spectacular event and where can we find Edible DC?
3: Yeah, so we have the magazines at 400 locations, at all the area farmers markets, um, Whole Foods, Union Market, you name it. But you can find all the information at edibledc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, for the at uh, Dawson's uh, Market too. Yes, we have them there That's as well. Right. And um, I just want
1: to say, Alex Levin has just written in on Facebook and said, "Where are our pears? He's, yeah, exactly. you should have brought pears for us to be eating. Uh, yeah, the poached or Alex, pears you could have brought us pears too, you know. But his <laughs>
3: recipe is in the issue, and you can make them at home. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Great, we can yell at Alex, and he can't yell back. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> awesome! I love it. All right, AJ. So let's
0: go back to Torrance. So, w- w- I mean, you gave me a sip of El Silencio.
1: Mezcal. We,
0: Mezcal, not yes. Moscow.
1: <laughs>
2: That's no, a totally a, different, a, different uh, geographic right. area. No, maybe
1: he got confused because of the. It's a Moscow Mule.
2: So a Moscow Mule actually technically is made with vodka. Right. Mezcal. That's why it's uh, a Mezcal. I there's got a it. whole story that goes with All that. I
0: did was trip over my tongue,
2: dude. So I didn't go what we stupid. Like to, <laughs> what we like to do at Silencio uh, is like reinterpret the classics with Mezcal. But, but this, this is, is a
1: lovely, lovely drink.
2: Thank you very it's much. It's not
1: heavy because sometimes Mezcal can be heavy or well, That's you know, what I'm trying boiling. to get
0: to here. This sit, When <laughs> you sip this, it's very sm- I mean Mezcal can, can burn and uh, this is really smooth. No, it doesn't
1: even have an alcohol burn on the scent.
2: It's just trying to be like you. Yeah, cool he's smooth. really cool yeah. and smooth. All right, you're back on the show next <laughs> week. <laughs>
1: no,
0: but it's really true
1: because, you know, a lot of times, I mean, we have a, you know, a drink segment for every show, right? but a lot of times some of the spirits that are poured, you know, on the nose, it'll, like, it, it'll it burn the hairs off you know? So what right. you're
2: enjoying is the 80-proof Hoven, which is, called Ensemble, which mm-hmm. is just a blend of th- three different agaves,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's proofed down to 80-proof, so in Mexico City, traditionally, uh, they like to have, like, long dinners.
1: Right. And they drink it on the rocks.
2: Right. right. They just drink it as like an intermezzo between courses mm-hmm. or, you know, they do family style feasts. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's enjoyed with the food. So right. the proof, its flavor profile, and the way that it performs on the palate really, really pairs itself well with food.
1: Okay. Terrific. Okay. So now we talked about the clear bottle. Now we're going to talk about the dark yeah. bottle. What's okay. in there?
2: So the, uh, the black bottle is 100% Espanine. Okay. So it's done in the same philosophy as the Hoven on the Ensemble, Mm -hmm. but it is 86 proof. Okay. It's all one agave and it's a lot more assertive. And what we we created this version for cocktails. Okay. To power a cocktail program, there there is definitely there has been a demand for mezcal, Mm -hmm. but it's not always kind to your bar cost. Mm -hmm. so we had to create because it's expensive right it's an expensive product it can be very much right because it's it's an indigenous spirit still Mm -hmm. it's from the remote localities outside of oaxaca in Mm -hmm. in the countrysides of mexico Uh, sometimes the agave comes from down this off the side of a mountain you know some of the wild agave so it can be a really exclusive and expensive product we should
1: do a field trip how about you uh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Oaxaca. Oh, I would love that. All right. What are you making next?
2: So the next cocktail is called Conejo Loco. Okay. And all that means is Crazy Rabbit. Crazy Rabbit. Um, part of the Mayan uh, influences on the on Mezcal as a category, um, the rabbit is very important. And if you look at our, at our logo, a it's rabbit Alenteo, this is a rabbit. Okay, cool. Or it's called alabrige. Well, that's probably is...
0: why in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they said, run away, run away, crazy rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. All right, you go make your drink. Just a yes. pop culture we'll reference. We'll come back to you. Okay. okay. That's you, like pop culture you, from like the for 70s For all you dunderheads culture. out there. All it's right, so like now, today, now
0: we're going to get into real culture, real culture. Um, um, so PhotoWorks Gallery out at uh, Glen Echo is having an exhibit uh, called Foodie. It's on now, called Foodies. It's on through October. And it highlights the good, the bad, and the tasty of a culture obsessed with eating as a hobby, like my wife. Mm -hmm. You're obsessed. So uh, we have two folks in, Sarah Gordon, who is uh, from the gallery that's hosting 14 photographers, right?
5: That's right.
0: And um, uh, Renee Comet is a panelist who is, you're you're also a photographer, correct? Yes, I'm a food photographer. Very famous food photographer. (laughs) I
1: posted one of her beautiful pictures. They're gorgeous.
6: And there you go
0: to talk about it. So why don't you, Sarah, why don't you just kind of start with the 411 on it?
6: Sure. First, I'll say I'm an artist. I'm a photo historian. I come from the art world, and I'm so thrilled to be on a show about food.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so this exhibition—it's it, a juried exhibition, which PhotoWorks tends to do once or twice a year. The juror for this exhibition is Deborah Mosier, who I believe oh. you know from the Miss Central. His wife. That's right. Yes. So So Deborah, you know, she has a long history with food, but also with photography. So she was a perfect juror for this Mm -hmm. exhibition. And there are indeed 14 photographers. And the work ranges from it kind of spans the whole life of the food that we eat. It ranges from um, people picking food off the vine to, uh, you know, tables set with food, these lovely still lives of food. We have even a picture of a compost um, scene and a picture of a woman kind of taking a huge bite out of a sandwich. So it really kind of, um, you know, it shows you food in all of its iterations. And mm-hmm. it really, um, you know, PhotoWorks at Glen Echo is a place that really tries to form a community of photographers. And I think food is something that does a similar thing among people. And so we're really excited about this Well, exhibition. can we back up a
1: little bit before we get into the exhibit itself? Can we talk a little bit about the gallery and sort of the kind of exhibits that you do regularly?
6: Of course. PhotoWorks has been at Glen Echo for over 40 years, a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we give a lot of photo People's classes. really, really young. Well, You're uh, holding up well. Thank you. <laughs> I have not been there the whole time, but um, we do have some people who have, and it's just that a place. Botox
0: is amazing stuff. <laughs> I know, Isn't it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like you know Lincoln, right?
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. He's doing great things. Um, <laughs> yeah. We... The, but there are people who have been there for the whole 40 years and mm-hmm. it just it kind of shows you how this place photo works really kind of holds people and um you know it used to be that people would be there spending hours and hours in the dark room together. Mm-hmm. Today we don't have as much time in the dark room because people are working in digital so much more. I would spend more.
0: hours in the dark room with you
1: Nick. Thank
6: you. <laughs> wow. um, Any excuse.
1: But- Any oh, we- excuse.
6: PhotoWorks actually does still have one of the, very, the only um, open dark rooms in the area. So for photographers who do, do still like to work in the dark room, it's a great resource. That's
1: really cool.
6: Um, but in addition to classes, we have um, exhibitions. We mm-hmm. usually have five or six exhi- exhibitions a year. And we have a really great um, public program series. And there's a program coming up in relation to this exhibition that renee will be
1: taking part in so we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about that today as well okay so here's what i'd like to do we're going to take a quick break and then we come back renee we'll kick it off with you okay, okay? Thank you. this is david and nikki nellis with foodie and the beast we're getting a little culture in studio we'll be back in just a sec
0: all right we're back on foodie and the beast with david and nikki nellis i just want to thank the folks that make this show possible the fabulous market at river falls mm-hmm. in scenic downtown potomac
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, pro fish Best sustainable seafood in the world. Mm-hmm. Am I right? I'm right. Central Farm Markets and our friends at Celebrity Cruises. So let's get back to you guys. Renee, w- let's talk about your involvement in this thing, first of all.
5: Uh, well, I'm on a panel discussion for PhotoWorks, which is will be next Sunday at um, 4 o'clock.
0: And what are we discussing? Mm-hmm. Well,
5: we are discussing food as a connector. And, I mean, everybody eats. Everybody loves food. Everybody has food memories. So, um... And that's- but but as a f- so
1: how did you get into being a food photographer?
5: Really by accident.
1: Okay. Because w- you know everybody today thinks they're a food photographer because they have Instagram. So like, you actually make a living off of doing yes. it. So yes. how did you get into that?
5: Well, I went to school. I studied food. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't study food. I studied photography. But you ate. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until after school. I uh, my first job was with Time Life Books doing mm-hmm. a cook cookbooks. But- cookbook series with oh my God, them I remember this. yeah yeah and um it was there that i really had a moment where i felt this is what i want to do mm-hmm. because you work with a group of people food food stylists food writers chefs mm-hmm. and it's also it's it's not like shooting people it's very quiet so it fit my personality mm-hmm. and there's always great food around and you eat Really well. But <laughs>
0: styling food, I mean, there, there are all these stories, and I don't know if they're yarns or the real thing about like when Mac- McDonald's is shooting their commercials. First of all, it never looks like, not that I've been to McDonald's lately, but it, it never looks like that, that in real life. Uh-huh. But but I mean, is there a lot of I guess I would say visual chicanery that goes on there because you can't always lettuce wilts under hot lights and so tomatoes go limp. Yeah, so. but I
1: think the real question is: is how has the photo world for food
5: changed? It's changed tremendously. Right? Well, first off, food looks a lot more natural. You want to you want it to look not perfect. Like there's there's a presence of someone there, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's real. I mean, we eat everything that we shoot. Um, Why aren't you fat? Uh, <laughs> genetics yeah. my family's thin but Good answer. <laughs> people ask that all the time but um also the food stylist takes a lot more care than you would cooking mm-hmm. um you know the vegetables might be undercooked a little so they still have Fibrate. color yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah, so, that makes
1: sense yeah so is there um as you're shooting food is there something like is there a a cuisine that you love to shoot more there are products that you're always like this is always my favorite to shoot like is there something that you find really exciting or inspiring
5: absolutely the thing that really that i love is drips sauce and moisture Mm -hmm. with the right lighting it just makes a photograph sing i mean it brings it alive
1: Mm -hmm. and so now for this show tell us about what you're showcasing
5: well, I I am just on a panel. And oh, I, so
1: I got your photos. I thought so. Are the are the photos? Maybe I'm a little confused. Are photos being shown? There,
6: are, there are kind of two different events happening. Okay. one is an exhibition, right? That Deborah Deborah Moser. That's
0: the fourteen. Yes, so there
6: are 14 photographers. Okay. We wish Renee were included, oh, so but you were she's not. Included. not. I didn't realize she that, ate my her apologies. photos. That's right. what okay. right. Yes, but on October 1st, a week from today at 4 p.m., we're she's hosting a panel. a panel. It's okay. going to be Renee, uh-huh. Deborah,
1: mm-hmm.
6: and Jonathan Bardzik, who's a chef and storyteller. Okay. And it will be at PhotoWorks at Glen Echo. Mm-hmm. You can go to glenechophotoworks.org to get tickets. Mm-hmm. And there we'll be talking about the exhibition, but also just more broadly about food and photography and, and where they connect. Okay. Right.
0: I want to know what Renee's position is on birthday cakes where they surprint a photo on top of the cake. Now, isn't that edible art and edible photography?
6: Well,
5: I guess so. I mean, you know, <laughs> no. The answer is no. <laughs> it's just a BS question. <laughs>
0: Don't worry. Don't go. even try to answer it. Uh, M- so, M- Renee, well,
1: where can we see your work?
5: Well, you can see it I, on my website, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've done everything from even from a uh, postage stamp. Mm-hmm. So I've done the ce- the latest celebration uh, postage stamp and the wedding stamp, but I do cookbooks. I do um, web content which mm-hmm. is an insatiable market like for food network. So where do of we course. see
0: your work? You got a website, I bet you. Website. Yes,
5: yeah, said a website. So yeah, what is what's your website? Uh, Cometphoto.com. Clever. Okay. okay.
1: And um, where can Sarah, where can they find everybody find info on this so that they can Come to the panel, come to the event. Buy tickets. Yeah, Yeah,
6: the exhibition is open Saturdays 1 to 4 and Sundays 1 to 8, so you can drop by. The event that's happening next um, Sunday, which will include the panel but also food, Mm -hmm. so we'll have um, Jonathan Bardzik will be bringing food and um, a couple of other chefs. Okay. You can go to Glen Echo... Photoworks.org
1: and get tickets for that. Okay. Terrific! Thanks, Great. Thank guys. you both so much. Okay. That's really interesting. All right, Torrance, we're
0: coming back to you. Torrance, hey, this let's drink. So, it,
1: wait, it was so good. It's spicy and yummy. So yummy. It's, it's a no to you. Huh. It's
0: spicy. Thank right. you. We're gonna nice. have another kid.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> so, um, talk about your ingredients. My ingredients because, on, this, you know, on this cocktail. Here. A lot of people. Well, it just in general, people use mixes and they they use pre. Kind of prefab stuff. Are you, are you going for the quick fix when you're making a cocktail? Does or
2: he you look going like somebody who would be doing that? Nah, I don't he looks think like, so. He looks like a good man. So I, I would I would have to say that um I'm, I've am i been classically trained as a bartender, meaning that all the methods that I use, although some of them modern, are pretty much based pre-prohibition style bartending, which means all that means is that every ingredient is made in-house or the juice is squeezed in-house. Um. So, if there is a. So you're keeping it real? Yeah, 100. Keeping it 100. It's well, amazing. it just does. We should seem, have our own show, don't but you honestly, think? Honestly, don't you
1: think? I mean, given. I mean, as we talk about your product, I mean, you've taken all this time to create this product that is so clean and pure. Like, why would you muddy it with like sugary mixes and things of that nature, right?
2: I 100% agree. Um, although we do use sugar and syrup sometimes, no, no, but, no. But
1: you know what but, I mean, like prefab, like you know, mixes and stuff like that. Like you would want to use pristine products, doesn't that make sense? Thank absolutely, absolutely.
2: Um, this, this, our product is artisanally made. Right. So there's just three different. There's three types of mezcal, or three categories, um, when we talk about how it's made: mm-hmm. ancestral, mm-hmm. artisanal, and industrial. What's the difference? Okay, so...
1: Industrial, that, I can figure out, but what's the difference between ancestral and...
2: It's really, really small batch. Mm-hmm. Really, really, like, in, you might get... I mean,
0: were the Mayans making mezcal?
2: They were making polque, which is a uh, is a mash. It's, it's almost some, it's somewhere... It's like a beer, okay. perhaps. Okay. Um, when distillation arrived to Mexico, mm-hmm. that's when mezcal and tequila got its birth.
1: But mezcal came first
2: yes because they just
1: threw it like on the fire oh well
2: i mean distillation you put it in inside of a still so right really quickly quick lesson in distillation alcohol has a lower boiling point than water mm-hmm. so when yeast eats sugar so when you open top ferment something there are natural yeast that occur in the air mm-hmm. when yeast eats a, a sugar molecule right uh the result is alcohol
5: mm-hmm.
2: so when you take and but it still exists within that whole medium of liquid
5: mm-hmm.
2: when you heat that liquid the alcohol vaporizes first when we when we vaporize that that alcohol it condenses in either a spiral or a different collection unit or if it's a column still in the next column
5: mm-hmm.
2: it vaporizes and then we collect it cool and that's called that's a distillate uh-huh. mm-hmm. so a lot of times and then inside of that distillate there's a head a heart and tails what we keep are the hearts. If it's twice distilled, we take that heart. Then and we, we
1: smash we, it up. <laughs>
2: no, we put it back in the still the and <laughs> distill it again one. under the same process. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's distillation and like two All right, George, You obviously know
1: something. I this know. Is this is, is great. So, a few things insane. I've been around. You know,
2: we're going to give you your own show. All right.
1: Are we pouring another drink?
2: Oh, yes. Uh, the drink. You want to talk about the drink you have in front of you now?
1: No, because we're going to move oh, on. Oh, we, we have we another one, one coming
2: up. Is, yes. uh, it's going to be a Mezcal 50-50. Cool. Well, right. we're
1: gonna let you do that. and we're gonna get into Dawson's, and I just ate everything you put in front of me. Yeah, I mean
0: the broughtwurer. and
1: it's so delicious.
0: Hi, thank Bart. you. Hi, hello.
7: How Hi, are you
1: Bart, Thanks for coming in.
7: Glad to be back. How are you? So you good of, are you am i right you're director of operations what's your that's correct director right. of operations for the company yep. he's a uh-huh. big shot he's right. a big, uh, shot. big shot is in the studio i uh, know about that
0: so tell us about
7: tell i
1: us. mean you have been in before but just tell everybody about dawson's market sure
7: so dawson's market we're an all-natural grocery store very focused on local products in the community uh, we're here talking about our five-year anniversary we have over 50 local products throughout the store. Um, we're a full service grocery store, so you have all the same departments you have in any typical store, but mm-hmm. uh, with a really strong local focus, organic, natural focus. Say well. where
0: you are. They're in Rockville, right outside the town center square there.
7: Correct. Yep. In Rockville, we're on with the metro, parking. plenty of free parking. parking. Yep. Two hours free parking. Mm-hmm.
1: But so what's but uh, the original Dawson's? It's not called Dawson's, but you have a market in. Richmond, Correct. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, so,
7: yeah, so our sister store is called Elwood Thompson's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually an intersection of two streets, Elwood and Thompson. It's not a name of a person. Okay. Um. And Probably that store's be been name. right. That store's been there for 30 years, mm-hmm. and really, so you know, the owner uh, Rick Hoods really started the whole local movement uh, in Richmond. And you know, what's trendy now is local, but we've been doing it for a really long time.
1: And so, what was the impetus mm-hmm. to o- to take the concept up to Rockville?
7: So we, you know, we wanted to expand, wanted to try to build a business, and uh, spent a lot of time looking for a location, and really wanted to find a location that wanted a community focused store. Mm-hmm. And so there were sites, you know, reviewed in Virginia and in Maryland and in DC, mm-hmm. and um, just through market research and talking to communities, the people in Rockville really seemed to want to have a store. And where we're located, if you're familiar with that area, there was a grocery store there a long time ago. Right, it was um, prior... like
0: putting a Safeway there. Originally. Yeah, there was. And then yeah. It was like, yeah,
7: and pr- you know, prior to um, to the development of that whole area. So, um, the community really just wanted a local and they wanted independent, you know. And now, with everything that's going on in the food industry, independent is becoming more and more important. People want to.
1: Well, it's also becoming harder and harder to do. I mean, because real estate is so
7: expensive. Exactly. Yeah, you know, like they,
1: everybody screams that they want independent, but they're not putting out prices that independents can afford.
7: Right. Yeah. It's difficult to find a location, you know, and, and you just have to find a, a space, a landlord, a community that really wants to embrace it, which we were lucky to find in Richmond in, and in Rockville. So,
1: as you launched in Rockville, Five years later, how have things evolved? How have things changed?
7: So, I mean, the industry has changed dramatically, especially what's happened in the last six months, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the natural food industry, specifically with Amazon. Um, But, you know, we see a strengthening of the desire to communicate and to be a part of local independent mm-hmm. um that's really you know i think that local is a lot easier to understand we're we're an all-natural store we have a really strong list of standards that we follow we carry a lot of organic but i think or, local is easier for people to understand and that's really what we've been but when you on say,
1: so when you say local aside from you know you guys being local what is it about the local products what are you looking to bring in that that you feel really exemplifies like? I mean obviously we know here on the show because we bring everybody in we half your store has been in our studio but like what are some of these products that you're really giving to the people of Rockville that you know they just don't have access to in other places
7: Right, so you know we, we do a lot of local produce, mm-hmm. but we're be, way beyond that. So the sausage that you're eating uh, is a sausage craft. Have eaten, have eaten. Uh, yes. The sauerkraut that was on it that you have eaten is a local product. Uh, the beer Wait, that, whose
1: sausage was it?
7: Um, so that is from because
1: um, if you say meat crafters, that's another shout out to Mitch Burns. Right, <laughs> <laughs>
7: he's taking the, over the show. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to pay more, Mitch. And the, the beer is Tall Tales that we, that we boiled the uh, the brats into. So we focus on local throughout the entire store. Um, and the beer is from Tall Tales. And Tall Tales. So that's a and it actually that spring. beer is exclusive to Dawson's Montgomery County. And so this it's is a pumpkin. Silver... It's a pumpkin ale.
1: Okay, but Tall Tales is a Silver Spring.
7: No, they're actually no, they're su- in Southern Maryland.
1: Southern Maryland. Okay, because I wasn't Shore. familiar with them. Cool. Shore. So how would you hook up with them?
7: So you know, we one of the good things about kind of being here for five years is people know about us. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of requests. You know, people come in, and, and we're a good starting point for somebody that wants to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wants to try to get into gro- the grocery business. We're a good, we're really good, easy people to work with. I like to think. Um, so you know, we help new businesses, we've started businesses who come in just with a concept, don't even have a product, they'll come in and talk to us. What do we need to do to get a product to market? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have people who already have an established product, but are maybe just you at farmer's what? markets. It's time to uh, revive do you work- your parents' barbecue sauce. Yeah, <laughs> do right. you
1: um, work with like the local incubators, like- we do so all Union Kitchen. We
7: do. We do a lot of stuff with both of them. I'm also on the Montgomery, Montgomery County Food Council, so we deal with. We've a had lot. them in
1: before. Yep, They're yep. really doing great things. All right, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. When sure. we come back, we'll talk about all the celebrations you guys are doing. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All
0: right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast. With David and Nikki Nellis, as you just heard, uh, actually, the cooking classes at Market at River Falls are awesome. So, mm-hmm. and it's a limited sign up for each class. So, if you're interested, get on that. And right um, they
1: also have an incredible menu set up for uh, Break the Fast this year for Yom Kippur. So if you're not cooking and you want to put out a fabulous spread, you should certainly give them a ring.
0: You should give them a ring. Mm-hmm. All right. And also, I want to thank again Pro Fish Celebrity Cruises and Central Farm Markets for their support of the show. So back to Bart, Oktoberfest. Yes. yes.
7: Well, your
1: five-year anniversary.
7: Right. It's all, all together. So it's it's five-year anniversary. We've got a lot of stuff going on starting on Monday. Um, All week long, a lot of our community partners are going to be in the store talking about what they do. We've got lots of demos going on of different local products. Mm -hmm. We've got a bunch of giveaways and some really good sales. And then it kind of all culminates on Friday and Saturday. Friday, we have a big cake cutting with the mayor uh, in Rockville, and also Senator Kagan is going to be there. And then on Saturday, the 30th, is our Oktoberfest. And okay. so Oktoberfest, uh, we do this every year. It gets bigger every year. It's going to be from 12 to 5 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got lots of great beer. We're going be, to be tapping a cast that was made spe- special for us by Denison's, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, three other local beers on tap. Lots of food. The brats you just tried are going to be on the grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot dogs, bison burgers. And then we also have a lot of stuff for kids, too. So we've got a moon bounce and some kids' activities. And
1: how is the community's reaction to when you – because you do – I feel like, a lot to engage with the community. We do, and do we they do.
7: They, yeah, they, they enjoy it, it. enjoy yeah. so they, Yeah, they do. I mean, we that's kind of how we, we're more of a grassroots marketing. I mean, we love coming and doing stuff with you guys because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do a lot of events, too. So we've got a Meet the Locals event that's on the second Tuesday of every month. We've mm-hmm. got a jazz brunch at the end of the last Sunday of every month. Um, we do all these kind of events to kind of engage people. We know that the best thing we can do is get people to come in, see the store, and try the food. And that's right. what we're all about. Well,
1: I think we should talk about that, too, because you have a lot of prepared foods. Right. and you do catering
7: we do do we do so we've got a lot of stuff right now we're dealing with, we've got our high holidays menu going on right mm-hmm. now uh for rosh hashanah Yom kippur we've got a lot of really good stuff uh all made in-house we've got a great chef um and then you know all the year long we've got um a, a salad bar a hot bar we have made to order sandwiches we do breakfast on the mornings on monday uh thursday through saturday breakfast we have mm-hmm. the jazz brunch i mentioned uh, and then getting into the holidays for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, we'll have a whole new menu coming out. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we can do a lot of the work for you. Uh, you can put it out. You, you don't. Ha- you you right. don't have to say that uh, that you bought it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, you know, take the stress you're out of the holiday. You're encouraging deceit.
1: <laughs> you. That's, you know,
7: that's okay. You
1: don't have to be deceitful. You can just be like, I made that, but I did right. not make this. Um, uh, yes, go ahead. Well,
0: just question kind of takes us back into the local thing. Because you're working locally, what happens when things are out of season? Like tomatoes.
7: So, you no, know, so we, we try to be local as much as we can. So for our produce standards are local, organic, when possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we can't do that, we do local. And if we can't do that, then we do organic. Got
1: okay. It. So, but I think tomatoes is a good question. So do you just do, during the winter months, hydroponic?
7: We do. We, it has to be organic. So okay. there's a lot of controversy over hydroponic and organic. So there'll be organic tomatoes.
1: Okay. But it's hard. Do you know what I mean? It is. I mean, okay. I
7: mean they're not, they'll be, we try to do almost everything from the United States. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime, we can have, you know, some U.S. Uh, tomatoes, but you may see Mexico tomatoes. Right. We never have anything from China or really far away. But,
1: mm-hmm. well, I think that's a question lots of people try to grapple with. It's like if it's or, like local versus organic, which is the more important thing? And then hydroponic versus Whoa. flavor. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's right. so there's, many levels.
7: There's a, lot, there's a lot of levels to it. I mean, with the local piece, Generally the farmers that we deal with really are almost following organic standards. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of process to go through and and cost to be certified organic. So what we look at, we have a pretty extensive sheet that they have to fill out when they apply to to sell to us. Mm -hmm. So most of our local vendors are natural. They're using organic standards. They might not be certified organic, but they're Mm -hmm. using the standards. And that's what we found.
0: Last question, because when you do have to reach out farther than local, are the hurricanes that hit Texas and Florida messing up your life for?
7: They are. I mean, we're starting to see, I mean, we, you know, obviously there's no local citrus here, so all of our citrus is organic. So we're we're starting to see prices fluctuate in citrus, uh, well, limes, and lemons. Well, I the this year Florida, Yeah, so, so there's going to be, you know, and, and we try to monitor that, too. And, you know, if it gets to a point where the cost is exorbitant, you know, we might not have that product for a little while. But we'll right. explain it to the customer and say, this is what the situation is, this is why we don't have it. Here's an alternative.
1: Well, and I think we're going to see more of that. Yes. I mean, it's not going to be the first Listen, hurricane time. hurricane
7: right. season's not even over yet. Right, so.
1: exactly. Right. All
7: right, let's tell everybody where you are uh, in the real world and online. Sure. And so, also
1: where they can find out about all the events. Yeah,
7: so Dawson'sMarket.com. Uh, it's got a lot of information about all the stuff that's going on this week, as well as Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are located in Rockville Town Square, uh, 225 North Washington mm-hmm. Street. So we're on the metro. We've got plenty of free two-hour parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's Dawson'sMarket.com. All the details are on there.
1: Great, thank you so thank much. Thank you so it's much. It's a great place if you're in that area to go and stop and pick up dinner. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just super, I've super easy. Multiple times. Rotisserie so. chicken. Yeah. Right. I want to.
0: I want to make an announcement. I'm. I'm coming out today. I'm. Uh. A, I'm a becoming a mezcal junkie. He's here. a mezcal
1: drinker. Yeah. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Everything is really. No, not lovely. the other
2: coming out. Just this, this coming, coming out. out.
1: <laughs> All right. So what did you make us here?
2: That is a mezcal 50/50.
1: Okay, and what isn't it?
2: It's t- it's 50/50. Uh, you're gonna live or 50 <laughs> you're gonna die is what I think. No, 50/50 50, oh. 50, you're gonna have a great night. Yeah, Man, that's really. right. Okay. Yeah.
1: tell the story. So
2: you have, uh, it's, and all 50/50 means is that's half and half, 50% mm-hmm. mezcal, 50 percent of one of my favorite fortified am- uh, aromatized wines, uh, Cochi Americano. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know that one at all. It's it's soft mm-hmm. it's buttery. It's floral. Mm-hmm. Um, you use half, half that, half that, and you, uh, half the but mezcal. But there's something else this. in here. What oh, there have? is um There are A some pepper? natural orange bitters. Okay, you this. might see some particulates from. Yeah. Yes. That's um, okay. That's for uh, like just to boost those uh, mm-hmm. citrus notes. In so the which
1: um, mezcal did you use in I, this one? On
2: this one, I used the Elder Statesman or the, uh, the the Hoven. Okay. Um, our higher mark.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because I just wanted, Mr. Uh, Nalissa. Uh, He's pretty smooth. Oh, over now, there. The only people who call me that are police officers.
0: <laughs> As in, do you know how fast you were going to hit <laughs> <laughs> So, can we find you anywhere? Are you behind the bar anywhere ever? Yes. I
2: am. I what am of... actually the head bartender at, at the from... Bourbon Steak okay. inter- at, the at, at the Four, four Seasons DC. Season. It's right not in street. your stuff, it's all this other stuff. Oh, I mean, it's. You know, I, you
0: know. I, but we've never met before. We've been to Bourbon Steak. I've never met Torrance before, have I? You've never seen any of my films either? <laughs> I saw that one. You should, you should stop doing that, by the way. <laughs> or at
1: least not mention it your on parents, this family-friendly show. Your parents
0: show. are going to be filled with chagrin.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, no, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's a family show.
1: But, um, but so, is there any sort of last words that we want to talk about with mezcal? Like, do you recommend people, like, when people ask you questions about it, when you're working, right? Do you recommend they sip it alone first before they try it in a drink? How do you, how do you engage people?
2: It really, it really, it really is a a case by case basis. If, mm-hmm. if it's someone that's a little more cocktail forward, a little more spirit forward, I might take them straight to a uh, a neat a neat pour. Mm-hmm. if someone that's being a little adventurous, trying to get out of their comfort zone, I probably would make them a cocktail. and okay. would introduce them to the flavor profiles of mezcal. Because
1: I would assume, like, if somebody came to you at the restaurant and saw one of your cocktails on the list and it said mezcal, and they said, you know, this drink sounds really good, but I don't like mezcal. How do you say, no, no, no? Like, you need to trust me. Say, so you're is... local
0: man. No, no, no. I'm serious. Because, well,
1: honestly, I think most people think of mezcal as oily and heavy, and sometimes, like,
0: downscale tequila is what they Well, call no, them. but
1: overly smoky. I mean, you know, sometimes that smoke just, you can smell right. it a mile away. This is really delicate and subtle, as you said earlier. Um, and it really presents itself well. And you've made some classic cocktails that don't normally have a mezcal in them. And it really shines without overpowering the right. concept of the cocktail. Well,
2: the thing is, is you. First of all, if you want to introduce somebody into something that they haven't had, meet them where they are Mm -hmm. and then give them something that they can relate to, which is why we kind of introduce classics into our repertoire at Mezcal El Silencio as far as how we share the silence with um, other people that we want to get introduced to our spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, At the bar, it's it's just merely about that personal ability and, and building that trust with the guest and saying, hey, you haven't had Mezcal before. Let's. I build a low risk environment. Mm-hmm. If they like cosmopolitans, then I'll make them something that's in that flavor, in that flavor uh, like matrix. Like a profile, right? Right. And they're like, "Oh wow, this isn't so bad. This is great." Right. So, it's it's just about not trying to get to convince someone, but more about sharing with someone.
1: I think that makes a ton of sense.
2: I think you um, should become a social And where worker. can
1: people find <laughs> this Mezcal? Where can they find it?
2: Well, we can. you can find it at several restaurants. Mike Isabella Concepts mm-hmm. is a big partner with our brand. Okay. Uh, also, the Farm Restaurant. we have never
1: Root. heard his name before. I've no never. You is. don't Mike? No.
2: Okay, um, my, nobody, okay. Nobody. I'm sorry. I'll nobody send you, knows him. Nobody knows him. I'll email curious, you a blurb.
5: Cares. Hey,
1: he's a
2: has been. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't see him. I hope so. he's listening.
1: <laughs> Are you I kidding? Know, we got to wrap up It's too early in the morning for Mike to be listening. Yeah, yeah. Mike won't be
0: here. This till the you know yeah. four in the afternoon, anyway.
1: Well, we want to thank you, thank
0: you very
2: much for
1: coming in. And can you just tell people like where they can find El Silencio, like online?
2: Uh, well, you can find silencio.com, okay. is our website it mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really intense, it incorporated um, social media and online presence. Also, you if you want to buy it in the store, batch 13 okay. on 14th Street, We gotta, gotta wrap
0: all right. Thanks, Torrance. So uh, that's pretty much it. That's Show's it. over. I'm Say goodbye everybody. Okay.
1: Thanks to all of our guests for coming on the show today. It was really a fabulous show. You can see this on Facebook Live, and we'll put it out later on this week. We won't be here for the Jewish holidays next week, but we'll be playing a best of. Everybody have a delicious week.